0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Product Stories. This is where I meet and talk to some of the best product and design folks in the industry. Our guest for today's episode is Radhika Sain. Radhika is a graphic designer turned UX designer. She's currently working as a UX designer at Microsoft. In this episode, we talk about various topics. We talk about uh, studying in a design school, uh, what is interaction design and how can one get started with it, uh, her exchange program in Germany, and at the same time, we talk about one of our most challenging projects. I'm your host, Kaushik Mulli, and you're listening to Product Stories. Hey Radhika, super happy to have you here on Product Stories. I'm so excited to have you as guest. Uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Hey, Kaushik. Uh, I'm really happy to be here as well. Currently working as an interaction designer at Microsoft. And prior to that, I have had my education in graphic design, uh, followed by master's in interaction design. Uh, I also have worked for Schneider Electric, along with uh, that, I also had the exposure to sort of work as a visual designer at Cognizant before that, before pursuing my master's, And now I work for this product called Dynamics at Microsoft, like I mentioned, and we're looking at multiple aspects of CRM, how the different channels can be uh, brought together in terms of communication. So that's that's the space uh, that I am currently working at. Super interesting. So...
2: Uh, one of the things which you mentioned, right, which is that you started out with graphic design,
0: and now you're an interaction designer. Uh, I mean, you started
2: interaction design, and now you're a UX designer, right?
1: So yeah. how how did
2: that transition happen?
1: So well, um, it started with my mom uh, being into fashion designing early on, and I used to get like. And I'm I'm actually starting the story really early on, but let's do that because um, that you know you, it it talks about that journey. So I used to have this question as to hey, I want to do design, and I really did not know what are the different disciplines of design. I used to like any kind of like you know you you like I used to get exposed to graphic or advertising or fashion and textile, and I used to like everything. So I was at that phase where I was like, okay, I I like everything, but where do I actually begin? And that's where my education sort of um, brought some kind of focus. So I did this foundation course at uh, Sophia's where you have like a bit and piece of like everything that you practice. And then you get an insight as to what you like, and you can then go ahead and do your graduation. So before I did my graduation... Uh, That one-year course uh, where you try out everything, that's where I started deciding as to, you know, where my focus should be. Uh, I was very, very interested in advertising. So that's the reason I picked up commercial arts um, as my undergrad. Uh, Once I started getting into the visual design nitty gritties and understanding the typeface and how, you know, you can use different elements and colors and different ways to sort of... uh, even predict or even to uh, you know use a trend in a certain way so those those were very interesting to me or how a logo has a certain value or why is it designed and like how every line and every dot can have a different message those kind of questions is what really interested me but that's where um, I also have this thing that you know i like to try out anything that comes my way and after graduation I sort of got uh, through this uh, campus placement in Cognizant and that's, that's a space where I got exposed to visual design for which we you know refer to as UI for digital space and once I actually was a part of the team there I started getting this exposure with the UX team as well over there and I was like hey that that sounds interesting that's like you have and a whole bunch of people working on the architecture of the app the wireframes of the app so that's that's where i actually got interested in um, why the ux and what's of the ux so um, after actually uh, working there for two years that's when like you know you, you transition like in certain projects you're working as a ui dev designer and then you also get a chance to work as a ux designer or very closely to some of them and that's when you start learning that's that's also when i decided that i want to do my masters and transition into uh you know interaction design so,
2: so yeah. that, that was like super interesting like i
0: i'm really curious about that one year course which you did
2: mm-hmm. where
0: you got to you know try out like different uh areas was it with respect to design or what was it like
1: yeah, it was uh, with respect to design. So they they start with, you know, like it's not just um, like technical different disciplines of design being thrown at you. It's more like they'll fine tune you, teach you the basics mm-hmm. of design, talk about different color palettes, talk about observation, talk about still life and so on, like, you know, the basics of um art also. So you start with that and then you transition into the second phase of that course where uh, they expose you to different types of printing, uh, weaving. They'll also teach you advertising or the basics of what a print layout looks like. Um, from there, you also go into understanding what you know w- what a fashion designer's life would be like or what a product designer's life would be like. So you get that exposure. because uh, I went to Sophia's for my foundation, Sophia Polytechnic in Bombay, uh, that's so they had their Uh, textile and fabric and all of that happening at the same place like applied arts and textile and all of that Uh, I also used to go and you know peer learning so you can just walk into their class see what they're doing what how they are you know playing with materials and I feel that exposure is uh, has been very helpful for me early on in the uh, in the career because in my educational uh, journey because that's some that's the space where you have so many questions, especially if you're coming from a background where you're, you know, you've grown up wanting and really liking to draw and paint and like doing all sorts of crafts. Anything and everything that has even a little bit of color or any like, you know, shape that interests you, you're going to get attracted towards it. And you're like, I can do that as well. I can do this as well. Let's try that out. So being able to sort of then narrow down and say that, okay, no, I... I'm very sure I want to get into applied arts. That, 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 I think that was a very, I didn't think I could make that journey because I was like, Ma, I want to do interaction design and I want to do graphic and I want to do this and I also want to do interior design. So it was like this whole confused state. So yeah, that's that's where I feel that kind of exposure sort of helps you even decide. True, true.
2: And, and I think
0: that that kind of exposure is something which you tend to get in a design school right so one of the things which i probably want to talk about with you more is that uh, in in my scenario most of the people around me and i personally uh, never went to a design school and most of the people around me also are mostly self-taught designers right so i really want to understand what are like you know, some of the advantages one has when they when they study from a design school and you know, uh, it it could be both the advantages of it and the disadvantages of it. But uh, yeah, then I'll I'll let you.
1: Right. Yeah. So um, if if you have to ask me about the advantages of a design school, the only most important thing that comes to mind is uh, the peer learning and the art of questioning. So at when I joined NID. Um I would say I sort of transitioned from you know, you start understanding what's the difference between art versus design. So you're actually trying to solve a problem and when you're trying to do that, you're not just trying to uh, you know, create layouts or create a painting of sorts. Layouts is still, you know, you're trying to solve a problem for an ad, for example. But I was in a space where I used to do things because I felt this message needs to go out, which I continue doing, but that's a different line of thought. And when I went to NID uh, for my master's, one of the biggest things that I realized was that you, when you're trying to solve a problem, you start questioning every little thing. Not only you, you also are okay with peers around you questioning every little thing that you have done. So, when you're presenting your work, there are like these bunch of 15 students who are, and your professors, who are asking you the questions that you probably wouldn't have even thought about. So, and like the details, like, you know, hey, this interaction versus that interaction, or uh, this concept versus that, why was it? Those kind of discussions and the kind of peer learning. So, one thing to, I, I'm not sure if, uh, I don't know if a lot of people really know about this, but our class at NID or even uh, today is a mixed bag of people so there are engineers there are graphic designers there are architects and so on so uh, you have people from different backgrounds and so they bring extremely different perspectives so uh, i feel that pure learning and that art of even having to go back and uh, you know look at why and how this is bringing value those are little details that i feel um help shape you as a
2: designer yeah definitely um and like you know
0: in between uh going to nid and your previous uh, design school you also did like an exchange program right i, I guess in germany
1: yeah so that was I- no that... i'd love
2: to know more about that yeah uh
1: so that was from nid uh i In the second year of NID for around six months, I went to HTW in Berlin and we were supposed to basically try and understand their, um, you know, the courses that they have and the assignments that they, you know, have in store for us. Uh, What was interesting is that HTW and Berlin in general being so product focused, they are like so really like, you know, good at it. Um, every, every project that I did was around a physical product. Whereas before that, every project that I did at NID, uh, in Bangalore was, um, screen based interaction. So that was the first time that I actually started. So there was this project that we were doing, um, at HCW, which was about a walking stick, a smart walking stick for elderly people. And before I could even get to the interactions, right, I landed up having like around four weeks of plain discussion and studio time as to if that form is even ergonomic enough for the person to hold it, then you get to decide the screen size. And so those are not, that was not my way of thinking. So I feel that the way they think about products in general, that is something that I have uh, that was new for me and I really do appreciate having the opportunity to even uh, go through that process.
2: So, so uh, are, are you talking in
0: terms of like how designing for a physical product is so much more different than the digital product design which we do or is is it just has to do with how comprehensive Folks are like you know uh, Berlin are when it comes to design.
1: No, I would say that uh, as an interaction designer, the first thing that comes to you when you have this brief in front of you, the designer walking stick or a smart walking stick, my my first thought was that hey, these are the information that I want my uh, or these are the scenarios I want to cater to. And these are the kind of interactions that will help my user. Now, what I had not really thought about was um, how big that screen would be, how how would they be holding it, and then where would they be seeing these details. So, when you are exposed to the product aspect of it, the physical form aspect of it, uh, you start to realize that that's like you know you have the entire experience chalked out in front of you. But now you have to also think about the limitations that come with the kind of real estate or the kind of material you're playing around with. Is it going to be a metal uh, walking stick or a wood walking stick, or you know, and so on. So I feel that not coming from a product background, that was something very new. And also, uh, yeah, with in in Germany, you sort of see that they pay a lot of attention to detail in terms of material like like hardwood versus like softwood there were like discussions about how old this tree like with my professor literally I had had these discussions how old this tree is and so this wood will be more durable and I was like okay (laughs) that's really interesting because I didn't think about all those aspects of it uh, so they're like, if you have this kind of a machine that you want to, like, you know, uh, put it within this socket, then uh, this wood really needs to be, like, really sturdy, or it you or and also the fact that it will become heavy. So do you, do you think it will be use user friendly enough for uh, or elderly person? And there are those questions that they are so well versed with, which was extremely new to me. So yeah again, like, you know, going back to design school, I feel these kind of questions, like, have you thought about this versus have you thought about that? Those are the uh, line of or the chain of thoughts that make you or uh, start making you realize where your project is headed and how you can improve.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's actually really interesting, especially the, the whole
0: software versus hardwood part, <laughs> like, yeah that's, that's something I would have also never thought of and yeah it, it, I mean I'm super uh, I'm super fascinated to know how how design is so different for people right mm-hmm. uh, like how everyone has a very different approach to design uh, but still somehow co- come together to to create the same type yeah. of things
1: no no I absolutely agree to you and in fact that's That's where I feel like, you know, the whole uh, concept of, we're breaking away from the concept of triad, uh, even in our workspaces, right? Like um, PM engineering design. There are so many different uh, verticals that need to come in, like content designers and, you know, marketing people, or or even, for example, like the research uh, team. So instead of having like this term triad, if you, like now we're moving towards the term squad, so you start getting, and you start taking into consideration perspectives of these multiple different people because they are coming from such different backgrounds that they share those insights, uh, which you know help you early on in the uh in your product phase. Rather than you build something and then you go to research, or you build something and then you go to content, and you say, hey, you know, just fix this for me, or I don't know what string to use over here if they are a part of the ideation phase from the early, like, you know, early stages, I feel uh, it's very important as a designer to sort of, and it's like, you know, take it as a responsibility to then ask them to, you know, be a part of it, involve them, get their inputs and
2: shape your uh, journey. Yeah, true, true. So I'll I'll move on to the next question,
0: which is uh, something which I have noticed uh, a lot of people who are just starting out with design right mm. one of the problems they face is there's just so many terms right that is <laughs> design there's ui design there is interaction design uh there's motion graphics then there's whole illustration there's visual design communication so <laughs> many things right and it's it's so overwhelming uh one thing which i would probably want to talk to you about uh something which you expertise right mm-hmm. which is um What is interaction design and how is it different from UX?
1: To answer your question about interaction design and UX design, um, frankly speaking, it, you know, it overlaps a lot. Uh, Interaction design, which is IXT versus UX, which is user experience design. When you think about it itself, it gives you a sort of idea as to how it might be different. Uh, user experience design is something where you're talking about the user's entire experience so you're talking about their their journey while they come you know it could be anything downloading the app from the app store or you know um, onboarding and every little detail in their entire journey so there are absolutely like a lot of aspects to it versus interaction design would be the you focusing down on one particular scenario where you're picking up like you know factors that either are uh, specific to one particular uh, you know screen or one action and you're sort of focused at that so it's like a zoom out versus zoom in uh, sort of an explanation if I would have to you know if I had to put it so you kind of take the entire experience uh, you look at the entire user journey, that's where you're shaping the entire user experience versus interaction is where the user is interacting with a certain aspect of the design. So it's just, I would put it as, think of it as zoom out versus zoom in. And I think both the, you know, it, it goes hand in hand. You I don't think you can really say that it can be separated. I mean, it overlaps a lot.
2: Yeah, I
0: I really like the summa soman analogy. I think I think that that makes it like super clear on on the differences and uh, I mean I do get the overlap part, but the the small tiny little little differences which are there, I think that that clearly sums it up. So let's say uh, I'm I'm someone who's just starting out with design, right? And if I wanted to learn interaction design, how how would you suggest so that I go
2: about it or for anyone for that matter.
1: So I would say that if you are really interested in this space, um, the first thing to ask, if you want to do any project, for example, right? The first thing to ask is that, what is that problem you want to solve? Then start off with asking who is it you're designing for? Ask a bunch of questions to yourself, like who is it who are you designing for? Why are you designing it for them? Why do they need it? Um, and then go ahead and uh, sort of try and create solutions around it i would say the uh, idea of keeping the focus on your user and understanding what their day looks like versus what kind of phones they have or you know laptops they have and why your you know where would they be while they're using your solution on the road at home at some shop those kind of uh, details through research, like through understanding your users more, will sort of give you an understanding uh, early on in the phase to where you want to take your project towards. So to start off, like a lot of people do this and I, I completely believe that uh, it, it's a it's a mistake to directly jump on the screens or you know start understanding, hey, these are the design guidelines for Android versus these are the design guidelines for iOS. I think the main uh, focus for any like person starting off should be the questions, like why, how can I make this easier for them? What is the aim of this app? What is it? What am I trying to achieve? What are their pain points? Once you know those details, your solutions will be way more uh, like well defined and sound and informed. So uh, I feel uh, you can all like, you know, everyone should start off with just whiteboarding and uh, post-its all around you and uh, mapping what and what you want to do and who you're doing it for. So, yeah. And yeah, sketchbook. Always have a sketchbook with you. Like draw, <laughs> draw the wireframes, draw their journey, draw their day, what it looks like, what they do at 6am versus what they do at 2pm. Sketch it all out. It It helps a lot. It, I really enjoy it more than help. I really love doing these little, little tasks and you get more invested as well while you're doing that because you start knowing and empathizing with your user. So yeah, yeah I would true. say start off with this question. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's that's like probably like a very different
0: answer that I've got uh, for anyone. Yeah. Like, like as a guideline for anyone who want to get started with design uh, i mean not just interaction design right uh, in in design in general right uh, the the advice usually i have always got it like read material uh, design guidelines read uh, uh apple human interface guidelines and extra right uh, so so yeah i'm i'm super fascinated by that part and and it's very interesting also I, now, when I think about it, i I feel like I want to go back and relearn design that way, and not probably not the way I did, but yeah, it, I can always <laughs> still do that. Um,
2: yeah.
0: co- coming to the to the next topic, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. you you work at Microsoft as a UX designer. Yeah. so so some of the things which a person would be curious to know is like, what is like, you know, your day look like? What is your routine like? <laughs> what kind yeah. of work do you get to do? So that's that's something right. personally I'm also interested to know. At the same time, I'm sure a lot of people Do you wanna to know
1: about this. the best day or the worst day? <laughs> so So yeah. I you know, there's no one answer to this. Um I I can tell you about the happy days, like my happy days. Uh that's when uh you sort of go to office, you already know what you're working on. You have received the clarity that you needed uh, by asking the right questions to your PMs and your researchers and so on. And then most of the most of the times, right, um, the struggle for designers, and I'm not talking about just at Microsoft, like everywhere, is that you sort of get these set goals that the the product team wants to achieve, right? And it's your uh, responsibility to then navigate through those uh, those defined problems, and probably even ask the questions as to is that, is that even required. So when you do get that clarity, and when you know what you're doing, uh, the the best kind of days at Microsoft for me is when I can get my PMs, I can get my research board, I can get my engineering into one room, um, and Sort of whiteboard the entire problem out, uh, discuss. Hey, uh, this is what I want to do, or this is how I see it going. Um, when the engineering is right there, they kind of tell you, hey, these are the technical, you know, limitations that we are facing because of so and so and so, you know, reason or dependency. And then you're trying to, as a team, come together and solve that problem. Those are the best days when when I can. Or you know, there are days when I have. Um, had the chance to create or conduct, like, workshops with people after having designed. Uh, That's also something that adds a lot of value because you're getting their perspectives, you're getting their feedback all at the same time. So it's not like you're working in a silo, you're not working or you're not having multiple feedback sessions with, like, different people at different times, and then you're getting completely different feedback and you're getting jumbled up. Like, you know, those kind of episodes happen. So that's the best kind of days for me is when I get, like, the entire team together um sit and talk about it even and that sort of you know extends into lunch you're having lunch with them discussing the same problems you come back you have like a focus hour uh you're then going back in the design yeah and then you go back um to sort of uh, again testing it out so i feel like there are different aspects to it now if, if you want me to like you know elaborate a little uh i really like the fact that there are other activities that you can do in office when we did go to office uh, i miss those days but uh, when we did go to office there were like you could play you could have tt time you could go ahead and do anything you could jam there, there was a music uh, room so you could do all these other things which sort of help you know your team members um just casually and you are way more aligned and you're way more uh, in sync with the people you're working with but yeah work-wise I feel I mean I uh I sort of missed it in my previous organization so here I I really like the fact that everyone around you was open to spending that amount of time with you uh trying to you know get to a, a common problem uh, sorry common solution so yeah that's that's something that I'm not sure if I have answered your question
2: no uh, i mean it's it's always interesting to know
0: uh even, even the tiny aspects of of uh i mean your work right uh, it's it's i mean i i would i personally like whatever you talked about because the the whole idea of getting the engineering team the product team. Everyone together in one room and like, you know, trying to figure out and arriving at a common solution. I I really love that aspect of it. Um, Like, something I'm curious about, which, you know, which you were talking about, right? Uh, Like, a lot of the time, which you were mentioning, was something which mostly had to do with working out of a physical workspace, right? So, how do you think this has kind of changed um, now that you're working remotely?
1: More meetings that's the only answer. So now it's just like numerous meetings um, and I feel uh, I mean that's that's a given. You can't really do anything about it, but we still try and uh, have those squad meetings um, where everyone is a part of that same call rather than you know me meeting with multiple different people at different hours but you also like for me i work across time zones my half my team sits in us um and half the team sits in india so there is that uh, i'm sort of managing it right now where you know i am also presenting it presenting my work in india timeline india time zone and then going and also presenting it later in the night when the us folks are awake um but yeah other than that if my like my entire team is in India. That's that's where I in some of my projects. I think number of meetings have increased. We uh, try to meet more often. Um, sort of almost have like this quick sync. Impromptu calls have also increased. Like hey, listen, I have a question. Uh, rather than having like ten emails and which is gonna be you know just gonna take two days. Uh, can we have like a quick call? those uh, those are the kind of things that's changed um, but yeah you you can i mean nowadays the tools are so good you have that uh, figma uh, design space right where collaboration i mean you can start whiteboarding exactly. and stuff, yeah and then you also have so many other uh, tools where you can actually whiteboard together i saw i had this workshop which i did with my uh, pms last year uh, while we were having our lockdown where I sort of did this card sorting uh, workshop and that was all remote, right? And these guys could like, you know, come onto that space, move around the post-its. Uh, so, I mean, you have to take that extra effort. It, it's not as easy as grabbing, a, you know, Sharpie and a post-it and running to a meeting room. You have to set the environment, set everything up before people come in. But yeah, it's all worth it. I mean, you can still have that kind of an experience
2: yeah true i mean uh as,
0: as much as challenging it is with with remote work and I, I think we still have to maintain the essence of that
1: uh yeah even
2: even though we're working remotely yeah
1: yeah that also oh. sort of helps you keep the uh you know the uh excitement levels up because if you have these kind of little uh, workshops and you know activities i feel that everyone is just a little more you know in their element when they are working towards a solution rather than you know hey i have another meeting to go to that i mean that's the difference
2: <laughs> yeah true um so coming to the next question right um one thing uh,
0: which i wanna like probably like ask you is like you know uh, what what would be like you're probably like the most challenging design project which you have worked on and if, if you could probably like you know mention more a few details about it would love to
1: like recently i did this project for uh, microsoft where uh, we were designing this space which is ai enabled um, and through artificial intelligence we wanted to surface like smart suggestions um, for our users now For me, it was the first time that I was working on um, artificial intelligence in general. So what was more than, um, I'd say, like challenging, what was more interesting for me was that um, there are so many different aspects that come into the picture when you're designing it, keeping in mind uh, the AI aspect of it, trust for the user's uh comes into the picture. The trust score, how they perceive it, it sort of it's a very thin line between dictating that hey, this is the next best thing that you should do versus hey, this is also something you could look at. So designing, keeping in mind how you want that message to go forth, um that was very uh interesting for me because we had like multiple different variations. Um it was this card format uh where we were talking about try and look at this piece of information this might do, might be very helpful for you right now uh, keeping the context in mind right so uh, what through the user testing what i figured out is that the trust score of that artificial enabled piece of information uh, when when it was above 90 and when we were highlighting that we thought we were doing a justice by you know asking them not to waste their time anywhere else but the people sort of uh, there was a possibility that they would take it as uh, okay i have to do this so it's a you know it's it's that message you're trying to put forth uh which is very important and these aspects don't you don't think about it um on a daily basis when you're you know designing for other uh, kind of experiences versus ai so um i feel there are these multiple different layers that get added when you're designing for ai and yeah that was a learning curve for me so i really did enjoy um the entire process of working on this piece it was i mean you start you start to understand as to why certain things need to be tested out again and again before um before you know what's working
2: yeah it's it's super interesting i i remember watching
0: um i think it was like a webinar or like a session i think it was from awards uh, mm-hmm. about how how ai plays a role in ux uh, so so how ai is is absolutely brilliant when it's giving the kind of results which user would ideally desire but AI becomes a huge problem when it starts giving false positives.
2: Right? Exactly.
0: How how it becomes a huge UX problem. So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's a very interesting project and and something which where I have also seen AI play more and more role today is is like you know like relating to the fintech aspect. Uh, which i work on is mm-hmm. is the kyc funnel which comes right, uh, right. where you're trying to understand uh, what kind of user uh it, you have and whether this this user is legit or not so right. so believe it or not fraud fraud detection is like the biggest challenge in print <laughs> uh, and and tell yeah, and and there 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 are obviously like you know some cases where where legit users get flagged and um like you know they're not allowed to go through KYC flow because because uh it the, the system detects them to be like you know a false user or sometimes it's ID theft things like that. So yeah. yeah, I mean that that aspect of of technology, the AI part and how it how it plays a role in UX is is very interesting and and I I would personally want to see like you know how how it will shape how it will shape UX and how it will play a role in UX in the
2: coming years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's a very interesting space to be in right now, and um, also at the same time you know uh, defining certain behaviors and also seeing how people are reacting to your design, That that's uh, I mean priceless. In, i mean the fact that you're also getting to do that right now i, th- I feel that's uh, that's a very interesting uh, space to be in and very interesting learning uh, and i feel that this gives you that exposure that if at all uh, you know that you know you get into a much more complicated space tomorrow which is um, you know you will know why certain things work versus why certain things don't because you have worked on the you know basics of it so, yeah, that, that's that's really great. And in, in terms of fintech, you, you mentioned that KYC is something uh, where you face challenges. So what's the process that you guys follow for uh, figuring this out?
2: So um, the, the challenge
0: comes when it comes to like something like KYC and fintech, right? Um, we, at most of the fintechs that I know today, actually don't have their own system for KYC. Okay. so you actually are like you know using another third party uh, software so mm-hmm. this this can be like uh, one one of the common ones is known as onfido which is po- popularly used by a lot of companies um so what happens is the user actually goes through their their design their flow so mm-hmm. the the experience immediately changes right so you are maintained a certain uh, level of user experience, and suddenly the whole user experience changes there because a the third-party application is involved. So, so that's definitely one thing which happens. And and in general, since uh, you know, is 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 a new background. Right? Mm-hmm. Most of the things that we do uh, actually requires a partner. So, uh-huh. so it can be something like. Uh, so we recently launched uh, international Transports. So we had to partner with with uh, Vice or Transfer Vice before, which was which was its previous name. So so there are multiple partners involved at every step. So, so if you want to connect a bank account, so since so this is like our neobank is purely for U.S. citizens. So U.S. in the U.S. there is this thing called as Plaid. You can use that to connect your bank accounts, right so so that is like another third party application. So there are multiple applications which keep coming in, and the user experience get affected by it, right? Because it's a different experience every time you use different part of the service. So how to like you know maintain a similar experience, how to control that quality which which user goes through that is. A, a space which we are trying to work on and has constantly been a challenge and it's constantly something we're trying to improve or again. again. Right,
2: that sounds interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole aspect of FinTech is <laughs> super interesting. Yeah. We we have actually reached the, the last part of the episode which is I usually right. like to end my episodes with with a bunch of rapid fire questions. Sometimes uh, <laughs> it's purely design specific. Sometimes it's very specific to the person. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whenever you're ready, we can Yeah like, Yeah, let's get go, started.
2: let's go. Let's do this. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, generalist or specialist? Specialist. Favorite designer? Uh, and Tony Gaudi. Photography or Sketching. Sketching. Your favorite food.
1: Favorite food? oh no, there's so much. <laughs> uh if I have to choose uh oh my god, fish. Yeah, I'll say malai um, ching malai chingri. This is it's a bong a bong uh, recipe, like a Bengali cuisine uh recipe. Yeah, that's the one.
2: Got it one advice you would give to your younger self
1: just take a chill pill and keep doing what you're doing I used to worry a lot when I was a child <laughs> and um, um, yeah, I would have just taken
2: light so uh, thank you so much we have
0: actually reached the end of the episode it was wonderful having you on the podcast I had a wonderful time talking to you, uh, especially, you know, about in interaction design and the role of AI in design.
2: It it was absolutely amazing.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, the the pleasure's okay. <laughs> all mine.
1: Okay.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you like, share and subscribe to Product Stories for more such episodes.